Welcome to Newspoint 360, the online news platform dedicated to making space for credible expert commentary. To see full video interviews with our guests, check out our new channel on YouTube. Newspoint 360 is supported by Expert File. Colder weather is coming, and so is flu season, and so is the second wave. Or is it the third? Vaccines are top of mind right now. And when there's more attention paid to a health issue like this, especially when a vaccine is tied to economic development and the restoration of life as we know it, well, there's also likely to be more misinformation and skepticism surrounding it. That's especially true if there's the added spectacle of a major political event, like, say, an election. It might feel unprecedented, but as long as vaccines have existed, they've been clouded in anxiety around safety and side effects. How has anti-vaccine sentiment changed over the years? And is it warranted around an eventual COVID-19 vaccine? Newspoint 360 speaks with Vaccines Today editor, Gary Finnegan, to find out. Vaccines are an important measure of preventive medicine to protect against disease, but vaccine hesitancy has been reported in more than 90% of countries worldwide. While opposition to vaccines is not new, there appears to be an increase in anti-vaccination sentiment. Gary Finnegan has his degree in physiology and a master's in science communication. He's an experienced health journalist, author, and the editor of Vaccines Today. We're so happy that you could take some time to join us today. Thanks for having me. Vaccines have been around a long, long time. How far back does our history with vaccinations go? And what does the evidence show about the efficacy of vaccines? Well, the history is long, as you say. It goes back about 200 years uh, to the, the late 18th, 18th century. Um, vaccination as we know it was developed by Edward Jenner. Um, and then in the centuries that followed, there were various waves of technological advancement. By the mid 20th century, we had a lot of the vaccines that we have now, although new versions have come along. Um, and in terms of effectiveness, they have helped reduce childhood illnesses in particular. Um, worldwide uh, by remarkably high numbers that they estimate between two and three million lives are saved by vaccines every year. However, um, vaccines are not perfect like any medical intervention. Um, some vaccines are highly effective. So the, the vaccine against measles, for example, protects just about everyone who has it. If you have two doses of it um, at the recommended times. But then the flu vaccine, for example, I mean, I have it every year. I'm happy when my older relatives have it, but it is uh, not, not perfect when it comes to boosting older immune systems, which is a problem because it's senior citizens who are at most risk. Um, so while it's worth having, um, it, it doesn't do as good a job in older people as it does with younger people. And then with some vaccines against, for example, pertussis or whooping cough as it's known, um, the immunity wears off over time, just like the immunity we develop naturally to infection from the disease wears off. And that's why we need boosters at certain times of life. Well, the, the skepticism or hesitancy with vaccines, does it go as far back as the vaccines themselves? Yeah, we, it's often said that uh, vaccine hesitancy is almost as old as, uh, as vaccination. Um, in some ways, it's understandable that a vaccination itself is, uh, it's, you know, it's an injection. It's not terribly pleasant. It's given to healthy people. So our tolerance um, for it is, is a bit lower and it, the urgency you might feel around it is less because it's preventative. 
than with an intervention that treats a sick person. Um, so for those sort of reasons, um, there's always been some skepticism. And then you've just got complacency. Um, for example, uh, we haven't seen that many cases of, uh, we've seen all, no cases of polio in uh, most developed countries these days. The disease is almost gone. Um, and the, the urgency or the, the, the perceived need to keep on top of those vaccines can wane over time. So, uh, so yeah, in that, in that sense, vaccine hesitancy has always been around in some form. And the newer forms obviously have maybe heightened due to social media and other factors. Well, there certainly does seem to be a strengthening of the anti-vaccination movement. Is it much stronger now? And if so, why do you think that is? Well, I think um, online conversations about just about anything, politics, sports, music, you name it, can be quite um, abrasive and confrontational. And vaccines are no different. Perhaps it's even stronger with vaccines because it's about personal health and you know, there's a lot at stake. Um, so, so I think it has perhaps become more fraught and the language seems tougher. However, um, while I, I do think social media are helping to shape public perceptions of things like vaccines and can spread misinformation, which has a serious uh, negative effect, we also have to consider there are other factors. Most people don't necessarily make a final decision about vaccines based on something they read on Facebook. They filter it into all the other things they know and believe. But in the end, it's shown that the most influential conversations they have are with their doctor or healthcare professional. So yes, social media matters and we should definitely be there and not leave uh, the pitch to anti-vaccine voices. But uh, yeah, you know, doctors and nurses and pharmacists have a huge role to play. Well, what has been the impact of the anti-vaccination movement on vaccine rates? Do we have that data? Yeah, over time, vaccine rates can, can bounce up and down. That's sort of the normal ebb and flow of these things. When there's an outbreak, they go back up. Um, complacency is probably a bigger issue than, uh, than anti-vaccine sentiment. You know, vaccines are a, a victim of their own success because we don't see the diseases, we don't feel the need. Um, there are examples where actual anti-vaccine campaigns have had a negative impact. If you go back just over two decades to um, an initial now debunked story on uh, MMR vaccine safety. And um, this did lead to a drop off in vaccination rates, leaving people vulnerable. And so outbreaks followed. Similar things have happened in other countries. The Philippines, um, for example, has a huge me measles outbreak in recent years because of a, a drop in vaccine confidence in a new dengue vaccine. So as, uh, as confidence in one vaccine dips, it can spill over into other vaccines. So um, it, it is a very complicated topic. Anti-vaccine uh, messages definitely have an effect, but it's not always instant. Of course, right now there is an unprecedented pressure on finding a vaccine for COVID-19. What is that doing to the public's perceptions of vaccines in general? Well, I've been tracking this uh, since, I suppose, the springtime. And my initial perception was that um, the arrival of pandemic would puncture this complacency that we've been talking about. Um, and, and it did do that. And I think there are fewer anti-vaccine voices um, or maybe people who are not anti-vaccine but have questions, which is a re reasonable uh, position to take to be just concerned or ask questions about a medical intervention, that they maybe have taken a second thought and realized that, you know, infectious diseases do matter. 
On the other hand, I'm definitely seeing much more um, hardline anti-vaccine voices. Those who are de- there have become more vocal and more extreme. Um, and also vaccination being wrapped up in other movements. So in libertarian anti- anti-mask movements, you find anti-vaccine voices in conspiracy theories around 5G mobile phones, you find anti-vaccine people. So the, the real risk from my perspective is that uh, that vaccines and your view on vaccines could get wrapped up in personal or political identity when really everyone should vaccine regard, vaccinate regardless of their, uh, their personal opinion. Well, definitely the race is on. What are the implications of a COVID-19 vaccine that comes out too soon? I mean, I think we're at a critical turning point in the history of vaccines, but even in the history of science and in public faith in science. And um, it really depends on what happens next. And um, in terms of something coming too soon, I sincerely hope and believe that this is unlikely to happen in the sense that the vaccine would be not of the required safety standards. I really, I really don't expect that to happen. If there was, however, um, if there was any problem uh, or any, you know, an increase in anti-vaccine sentiment as a result of it, it could have a long-lasting negative effect. On the other hand, we're all looking for a vaccine to give us a route out of this pandemic. So, to some degree, science could play the, the role of hero here, and that could have a positive knock-on effect in our trust in science and in institutions. Well, certainly all eyes are on the quest for a COVID-19 vaccine. Gary Finnegan, thank you so much for taking some time to shed some light on the issue today with Newspoint. Thanks very much. It's been a pleasure. You've been listening to Newspoint 360, supported by Expert File, the world's largest open curated network of experts on over 40,000 subjects used by leading news organizations. Don't forget to review and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. To see full video interviews with our guests, check out the Newspoint 360 channel on YouTube. Thanks for listening.